in a world full of noise. Find more. Welcome to Hot and Heavy. As you approach the Holy Spirit, you're going to want to ask for things because we all want and need things at times, and that's okay. I want to challenge you to be incredibly real with Him. I want to give an example of that. My mentor from California, they told me a story once about a guy I went to Bible college with. The guy was really nice all the time, but came off really fake. And my friend got like pretty frustrated with him. And one day, he couldn't take it anymore. And, and he turned and said, You're being so freaking fake right now. You don't even like God. That's what he said to him. And the guy said, I'm not being fake. And then he said, Actually, yeah, you're right. I don't even like God. In fact, I freaking hate God. And my mentor said, The reason why that moment was incredibly profound is that he could feel the Holy Spirit so strongly washing over him as this guy yelled out that he hates him. Real relationship takes transparency. The day the Holy Spirit challenged me on this point, he said, I want you to consider, who are you fake with? The people at work or your spouse? Which I didn't have a spouse, but it was theoretical. I, of course, said, I'd be fake with people at work more than my spouse. And he said, exactly. Stop treating me like a coworker. As I've gone forward in times with the Holy Spirit, I've realized, for the most part, people don't actually even believe in God. Even people that pray for years. You don't realize you didn't believe in God until you experienced something crazy with God. The first very profound, very obvious thing that was, to me, absolute proof that He existed, when it occurred, I couldn't keep my hand off of my mouth. I was covering my mouth saying, Oh my God, you're real, repeatedly. This is after I had prayed to him for years, allegedly believing that he's real. I thought that whole time that I believed in God. But then whenever it came down to it, I discovered I had never believed God was real, really. And it was a shocking experience to see him really do anything. So I want to challenge you to be real with him. I want to challenge you to share your deep feelings with him. This might mean telling him that you don't think he exists. Tell him that you need proof. That might be the basis of seeking him. See, we all act like admitting sin is some formal confession, but it's not for that. It's for progress. It's for sharing with someone that's going to be your teacher and your guide. That's the value of sharing it. So share those things. Share what you hate about God or you think you do, or share what you don't feel like you have, or share your feelings with Him. Maybe you're pissed off. Maybe you're confused. Maybe you hate someone. Maybe you are lusting for something that you're very worried about. By sharing those things with him, by being transparent, you'll let him in like you're letting a good friend in, like you're letting a mentor in. He can handle it. He is love. He's made to wash over those things. How would you feel if you were in love with someone, madly in love with them, and they wouldn't even open up and share anything with you? Instead, they would only say preset, polite stuff to you, like out of a fake worship song or something. Tell me how annoying that would be. All this to say, if you feel to ask God for something, be honest and ask. Now, some of the things you ask for 
are actually really stupid to ask for. Now, you wouldn't know it, asking it, but if that's the case, he'll explain it. A good example I can share is me praying for money. For a long time, I would pray for money. The Holy Spirit instead would always respond, well, just tell me what you want. And if you're wondering, yes, he did use a Spice Girls song at times. Why not ask for money? Because money is actually a promise for man to take care of your needs. Why cut God out? He's not going to want to just give you money because he'd be replacing himself in those interactions. Instead, he wants to specifically give you specifically what you ask for. If you want a blue pen given to you that has a zebra picture on the side of it, and you deeply actually feel that, and you ask for it, then you'll have something blossom in your relationship if you get that, right? That's the type of life he wants to live with you. Wild and specific and charming and miraculous. Not some lucky cash that you can now go focus on your life and how you're going to spend it and forget you, God. Right? Especially when the most valuable interaction in that prayer is the interaction between you and him, not you and the thing you're getting. Secondly, sometimes you're going to ask for God to give you something. And instead, you're going to get a vision. There's a book about this by Dr. Yongi Chang. He's the pastor at the time of its writing of the largest spirit-filled church in the world. I think it's in, uh, I don't even want to guess which country it's in. It's been a long time since I read it, but very interesting guy. You can read the book. It's called The Fourth Dimension. In it, he explains how the Holy Spirit broods over things to create them. And he talks about the Spirit brooding over the waters during creation. And he said that we're made the same way and once he prayed for things, and the Lord told him, I'm not going to give you anything until you pray for specific things. So then he went back to the drawing board and prayed for those specific things and still didn't give him. He said he finished praying and got this vision of faith, and he was excited about it, and then he didn't get it for a long time, like six months. And he went back and said, Lord, why haven't you given me these? And he said, well, I gave you those visions. You're supposed to meditate on those visions, and it manifests. And so he did that. After reading the book, I did just that. I prayed for a vision. I received this vision of a hand grasping money. I want to say the Holy Spirit said that he was going to give me $4,000, I think, in that vision. It could have been 2000 It's been a long time. So I meditated on this vision all the time. In fact, one time I was at a house by myself and decided to declare that God provides for me and no one else. And I repeated this loudly over and over again until I got interrupted by a phone call from a bank letting me know that I was overdue on a credit card that I thought I had closed. The next day, I prayed and started feeling to say the same thing again. I loudly started declaring it as I walked down the road that God is my provider and I will be taken care of. For this only the second time in my life, a different random creditor called me that I didn't even know I had anything to do with. I had never received a creditor phone call my entire life until those two days, and I had no income, so it was a little intimidating. They said, basically, you have this big balance. I didn't even think I had a balance with them, but I saw direct pushback as I started to stand up and declare that vision. By the time I left the state of Arizona, the Holy Spirit on the bus told me to look at my bank account, and I realized they had given me those exact thousands of dollars that he promised me without me even realizing it. If you can't tell, I'm not very aware of my finances at all times. (laughs) But it works well for these interactions, I suppose. That being said, 
He will give you things that you ask for, but they're most likely going to first come with that vision. And it's a good thing to meditate on those things. And you can grow in the process and start to believe him because it will be very stuck in your mind when that actually happens. Oh yeah, that's that vision I've been meditating on for 10 months. Thank you, God. Thirdly, I want to talk about greed. So greed isn't only related to money. The more dangerous version of greed, I believe, actually comes in the form of the greed of life. What that does is make you want everything because you're trying to choose with your ego while you're not getting anything in life because you can't have everything. And if you try to get everything, you end up with very little. You can't be an astronaut and a massage therapist, fully certified, and a full author, and have 40 kids, and, you know, have a full career in the, I don't know, some business, and do something, right? You can't just keep adding everything until you're just a very busy wreck, basically. And that's what greed does. Greed is a dysfunction of lack that will never allow you to be satisfied because you'll always feel lack, even if you have the things that are before you. Honestly, greed kind of reminds me of someone that is binging really hard on something that they actually don't need or really truly desire in lieu of what they really need or truly desire. Um, kind of like eating a bunch of food when you're thirsty. You know, you're actually needing water, but your habit might be to eat. And so you're just eating and eating and eating in lieu of doing what you really need, yeah, which would gain you real satisfaction, as opposed to just filling you up and leaving you exhausted. So I do want to warn you that as you go to ask for God for these things, it's possible that he might show you that you don't want it. But embrace his answers, and if you don't agree with them, or you feel uncomfortable with them, or you just feel scared that he's going to give you crappy things, ask him about those things, challenge him on those things, and be a real human being with him. That's it today about asking God for things. If you have any questions or comments, feel free to inbox me. And until next time, this is Hot and Heavy.